What are you using your beard? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool story, bro. Check out Jim Bob's Grizzly Beard Care today. None of their products have fillers, just all natural ingredients built beneficial for your hair and your skin. The oil absorbs readily into the skin and does not leave you feeling slimy. Beard oil, beard kits, beard merch, beard product, beard whatever, they got it. JBGBC.com today. Welcome back to the lounge, everybody. I'm your host, Jukebox Ginger, and of course, my co-host with me today is Jesse Brofiki. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Just enjoying all the snow on the mountains up here in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. You got the nature life going on, man. Yeah. I'm jealous. I'm over here in flat Kansas City. There ain't nothing happening. <laughs> <laughs> we, got our, we got our special guest tonight, Awesome Ray Ray, man. How are you, dude? What's up? What's up? I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I'm not uh, in snow yet, thank God. But I don't mind the snow. Does it get pretty bad where you're at? Me? Yeah, you. Not really. I mean, once in a while we'll get we'll get some bad stuff going on in DC, but it's not anything compared to what uh, what Profi has to deal with, bro. I couldn't yeah, do we, it. we get we get a lot of snow depending on the year, but apparently it's supposed to be like the worst winter, or I guess, sorry, the best winter snowfall in probably a decade. So it just depends on how you look at it. I mean, I I like snow, but I don't like the cold, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. I see, yeah. And the, the thing about Kansas City is the, is the cold, like, sinks into your, into your bones. Like, it's, it's a weird cold. It's not yeah. like 40s in the mountains where you'd still be out in a t-shirt and shorts. It's sunshine and beach life for me. Is that pretty much all seasons? I mean, we don't have that in D.C., but I mean, I want the beach life and sunshine. <laughs> you know, it's funny because my wife and I, last night, we were looking at um, just Zillow. Because we're like, if we wanted to move, we could just move. So you're like, like the Oregon, Montana, Alabama, Florida. And it's crazy the cost of living in each area. Like it's yeah. like a jump. There's huge jumps. DC is what the whole area, the whole as we we call it the DMV because DC, Maryland, and Virginia all next to each other. And it's mm-hmm. this bad. It's this bad. <laughs> now I, I used to travel out there a lot to that yeah, area, and I haven't been up in the, like the northeast or no? kind of east. Uh, yeah, it's not necessary. Uh, you don't you don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, no, I mean I've been all over the west coast. I've been north, south, and, and southeast, but I've never really been up north, northeast. Don't go in the winter. <laughs> New York, Massachusetts, don't do it, bro. <laughs> don't, don't do it. The cities all sort of blend together from what I hear. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Now, Kansas City's pretty popular, though. You got, or populated, you got two big cities connected, but I mean, it's, it's actually spread out, it's not stacked up. Yeah. So, um, have you been in Arlington area your whole life, or have you moved yeah, around at all? Relatively, yeah. Um, I went up to New York City for a little bit when I uh, was in my former band year, the Locust. So, I was up there for a little bit. Um, it was it was it was an experience. 
<laughs> New York is great for shows and partying and sightseeing, but if you want to actually live there, uh, it wasn't it wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I honestly never really had interest of going to New York. Uh, it's fun. It's beautiful. But if if I had a reason, like somebody was getting married or something there, or something big was going down, yeah, I'd probably go. But I I don't I just like want to hop a plane and go to New York City. <laughs> Well, depending. So, like, my family's from New York, but upstate New York, that, that's where I was born, actually. Right, uh, right. We're from Elmira. Yeah, and then yeah. I, everybody everybody thinks that, like, I'm from New York City. I'm like, no, like, there's a giant state called New York. <laughs> and I'm from the horse country, like, the countryside of New York. However, I did go to New York City uh, the week before Christmas back in 2017, and it was just, it was crazy. It was cool, but, like... Once and done, I'm good. I, I I never need to go back. I saw the big Christmas tree and I did all that. The Tonight Show, and I saw that. It smelled horrible walking around. It's fifty dollars to take an Uber for like half a mile, and and that and that was five years ago. So it's probably like a hundred and fifty dollars to to take an Uber a mile now. I don't know. Really, hey, the pizza, pizza and the bagels are worth. It. Yes. Yeah. Mm. New York style deep dish is pretty good too. Is that a thing? <laughs> the, uh, deep dish. the deep dish pizza? No, it's not New York. It's just giant slices of pizza, honestly, and what you just pull thinking? them in half. Chicago. Chicago is deep dish. Chicago's yeah. Deep. You the don't... deep dish is fantastic. Okay, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> People take that real personal, man. They take that uh, real personal. That's fine. I work at Costco. I have one kind of pizza. <laughs> hey, it's, it's still it's, good though. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It is good. <laughs> So let's hear about your shot. You know your life before getting into the music. Kind of growing up. Uh, you know when you realize that that's something that you wanted to pursue. Um, I mean it's kind of always been there. You know, even as a like a little kid. Um, I just as far as I can remember, being you know three, four, five years old, just always drawn to live instruments and growing up in church and going to you know football games and stuff like that. Just watching March Band and I was always just drawn to it and having ADHD and can't sit still. You know, mom's like, we got to do something with you. And I remember always gravitating towards the drums. You know, she bought me my first pair of drumsticks and my grandmother's set of buckets in her backyard. And I would nice. just bang on them and wail away. And How they knew pretty quick. How old were you in that? Four or five, maybe. And then the, they just kind of knew right away, like, yeah, this is, he's got it. Took off so, from there. So, how about music? What's the first music that you remember, like remembering the beat to? Or because being in the drums, I imagine beats kind of catch uh, Growing up in the DC area, uh, we had this style of music called go go, which is very heavy with drums and percussion. And it was always DC go go banging on the drums. Um, There's a, a famous artist that basically created it. Um, they passed away a few years ago by the name of Chuck Brown. He started go go basically. And okay. it took off, so it was always like go go and just anything else with drums in it, uh, funk, you know, funk yeah. soul, all of that. I grew up uh, listening. My dad listened to Stevie Ray Vaughan, BB King. Uh, my grandpa was a big Miami Sound Machine fan. Gloria Estefan, uh, also smooth jazz, uh, and then on my mom's side, it was always just gospel music. So I mean. I always kind of 
catered more towards the Stevie Ray and the BB King, and, and actually, I still listen to Gloria Estefan. I mean, <laughs> I mean who doesn't, man? <laughs> Not only was she sexy as hell, she had an amazing voice. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. But that's my first. Su- yeah, you'd be surprised what I I grew up on. So, like, my dad listened to like Johnny Rivers and. You know, just specific songs like um, Come On Eileen by the Dexys, Midnight Runners, which is, you know, one hit wonder and um, The Danger Zone. But then, like, living with my mom, it was just her and I. It was, like, Shania Twain and, like, Tim McGraw and Alan Jackson and, you know, just country. I grew up on country, old school country, Reba McIntyre, like, all this stuff for years. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until... I don't know. I want to say early two thousands, thanks to MTV, that I like learned what Blink One Eighty Two was or Eminem <laughs> and Cisco. Man, I lived in Florida, right? Uh, two thousand, two thousand one, and so everybody was just like listening to all this stuff, and it was just I don't listen to any of that anymore at all. <laughs> uh, what kind of what kind of TV did you watch? Like, did growing up? Um, definitely MTV, BET. Nickelodeon, of course. Yeah. Disney Channel. We watched a lot of Boomerang. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my one of my grandmothers lives in New Jersey, and at that time, growing up in the D.C. area, we didn't get Boomerang. Uh, so okay. they got it in New Jersey. Whenever I go up there, it was always uh, Space Ghost was my jam. <laughs> uh, Flintstones, of course. Jetsons, it was all that stuff. C Lab no. Twenty Twenty. People I don't can, remember that I show. Can... I can honestly say I never watched an episode of the Jetsons. Really? Not because I didn't want to. I just have it. <laughs> oh, you got some homework now. Like, oh man, Rocky, <laughs> what about Rocky and Bullwinkle or Gumby? Of course. Gumby yeah. was my jam. Oh, man. <laughs> yep. My nickname growing up was Blockhead. Are you serious? That's perfect. Yep, right. that, the big Blockhead, so it's always Blockhead. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> I watched Toonami when I was in middle school, so it was like anime stuff for me, like for a while, like mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Z reboot, Sailor Moon stuff like that, and then like oh, video man. games really <laughs> like influenced me. So my question is like, what video games, if any, did you play or that helped influence like your style, your personal? You got a pretty cool style, man. I love it, by the way. But I'm like, what what influenced you from like that aspect, movies or video games, uh, as well that. What, what would you that's, say? That's a really good question that I was not prepared for. Uh, <laughs> I, hey, I, I throw things from left field, man. That's you did, why you I'm did here. You did I mean, me. I didn't play a whole lot of video games because sure. I was one, 100% band geek. But when I did, uh, definitely, like, Sega. Obviously, I had a Sega, so it was Sonic all the time. Uh, when yeah. the wrestling video when the wrestling video games came out, like the NWO, WCW... Oh, um, N64, yeah. N64, baby, yeah, Mario Kart. Yeah, I roll. Go- so cool. Sleepover, go to, like, Blockbuster. Bruh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, those, right. definitely, I would say the wrestling games more so than any other ones influenced me. Like, I love when they started implementing different styles of different wrestlers and stuff like that. Uh-huh. That that influenced me for sure. But my I video game life Steve. was very short. <laughs> Yep. Steve was my you said? Yep. Still to this day, my favorite wrestler. wrestler. (laughs) See, I was never into wrestling. Oh, sad face. Oh, it was huge in Florida. Yeah, well, I've got so many friends that are, too, and they'll start talking, and I'll just, yeah, cool. (laughs) 
keep going. I'll, I'll keep acting like I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, WWE came to DC and my mom took me, and it was like one of the greatest experiences I've ever had in my entire life. Mm-hmm. I've seen some MMA fights that are pretty badass. Yeah. Never, and, and I do have a lot of respect for wrestling because, like, what I have to, I mean, the, it's not just acting. I mean, you got to have a skill to, to do it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I definitely got respect for him. It's not it's not fake if there's a lot of work behind it. Oh yeah. I mean it's it's some of it's fake, but I mean it's acting. <laughs> it's definitely like an interesting experience. Like I went to I went and saw a wrestling match in Miami and like Stone Cold Steve Austin was there and The Rock was there. And that was like before Dwayne Johnson started acting, and I'm like this is the coolest thing ever, but like, I hate it. <laughs> you know, it was a cool experience, but like, I would never, I never enjoyed watching it on TV. Same thing with NASCAR. Like when you go to a NASCAR race, it's similar to a wrestling match. I'd imagine like watching it on TV is completely different than in person. Same thing with soccer. It's fascinating. I don't know anything about soccer. I love going to soccer games. I'm currently, I'm currently doing a fantasy NASCAR league. Are you really? Well, I think it finished this, this, this past week. Or this week? No, it's this Sunday. <laughs> it, I don't know. Fun. I've never I know. was. I was never into it. But my neighbors are into it. They're like, just just try the fantasy league, and it's actually kind of fun when you when you have drivers picked. It's interesting. I know nothing of NASCAR other than about two years ago. Uh, I was down in Daytona Beach, and the track was closed, but the parking lot was open, and I rented a Camaro, and I did a crap ton of donuts in that parking lot. <laughs> That parking lot. I got I got kicked out, but it was fun. Worth I'll do it again. You're like, wait, I thought this is the only place that I could actually do this. Yeah, security (laughs) came over. They're like, what are you doing? And I was like, donuts didn't come. Daytona. Cool car, big parking lot. You drive fast here, right? And there was nobody in the parking lot. It was wide open, so I was like, (laughs) it was was great. (laughs) I got a uh, video somewhere, somewhere on my social media. That video is posted. Did you? Well, if anyone could dig it up, it's this guy. Uh, I, I'm pretty good. I was talking to him before you came on, and I was like, "Man, I do my research on my artists, and there's not much out there on you." Yeah, I'm fairly new, man. No, it's good though, and like I said, it's funny because you listen to each one of your songs, and they're totally different vibes. Every mm-hmm. one of them have a different vibe to it, and it's amazing. Like it's, it all sounds good. It all goes together really well. Um, but it, I feel like it almost kind of tells a story about you in a way, like just from the way you grew up so i mean is there a lot of like uh maybe some what was the first concert you went to how about that uh the first concert i mean we're talking big small arena stadium i mean i bought a lot of local bought a a ticket and went to the show let's kiss 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 okay yeah how old were you 16 15 Yep, it was an outdoor show, and I was I was blown away. I was like, "Oh, oh crap!" Like I was hooked. Okay. My very I mean, first one was Slipknot and Coheed and uh, Trivium. <laughs> wow, wow! And tri- Trivium was—I mean, they were all good. But Trivium blew me away. I, I've told Brofiki this before, but I mean, Trivium—I I don't know—something about their stage performance just blew me away over all of them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I've seen that, and then I've seen Cool in the Gang and, and Ben Halen, and you know some older stuff too. I've seen Bruce Springsteen. It'd be nice to see him one more time before he passes, <laughs> <laughs> retired. 
<laughs> He's got to be getting close. Yeah. Nothing negative. I mean, I love the guy. He's been doing this for like what, 50 years, probably. Close to 50 yeah. years now. That's impressive, but you'll you'll get there too. You are you planning on making this your career? Like yeah, one hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. So what what uh I know you just released um a new song, the last Desperado, right? Yes, sir, man. Uh, that was produced by a, a really really great friend of mine, um, William Baker. He's absolutely amazing. He was in a band called Hollow Intent. They actually are are not a band anymore. Um they went their separate ways uh, as like a week ago. Uh, but yeah, I met him uh, last year at a festival that we played at and stayed in touch, talked and exchanged some ideas. And I sent this dude a rap song and uh, I was like, hey man, I'm trying to do something different with this. And I was like, throw some guitars on there, just do your thing. And when he sent it back, I was like, oh, oh, oh damn. Okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. You have some technical difficulties there, Rafiki. Probably the deer. Yeah, yeah, he probably. Yeah, yeah <laughs> just just moving locations. Uh, the deer's good. trying to knock out the five G, man. <laughs> uh, you, no, internet there... just got really choppy for a minute. So, like, okay, let me move to twenty feet that way. There we go. <laughs> like, you guys sound like robots. What is, is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here. So, so, um, were you, uh, I feel like we're jumping around a little bit, but I mean, in high school, you said that you heard a lot of marching bands and games and stuff. Were you a part I, of that? I was in marching band. <laughs> I was going to say, were you in it? Yeah. A uh, huge, bro, huge band geek, man. I was hooked. <laughs> I was hooked in elementary school watching the high school marching bands. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. I was like, I'm all, absolutely going to do that. All about the music your whole life. That's like awesome. drumline stuff? Like what, what drum did you play? Oh, uh, so... In high school and freshman year, I started out playing cymbals. I got made fun of, uh, but you had to start somewhere. And then uh, I moved up to right. snare drum, and then I played quads. Um, and then junior year and senior year, I was actually drumming. So. Yeah, I, I imagine the drum line okay. technique is totally different aspect of playing it just a set of drums. It, it really is. Um, it's very, very technical. And there's a lot of discipline involved, which I definitely needed. <laughs> Would you so. say that, that that helped you in getting into being a drummer, or was it totally different as far as learning it? Um, it definitely added to what I already had, and it kind of, I want to say, shaped it and cleaned it up a little bit more. Um, right. Because, I mean, I had been playing the actual drum kit since way before um, – High school, you know, started playing the actual drum like elementary. Um, but getting into marching band and concert band and symphonic band and jazz band and these different types of bands that they offer in school really set a better foundation. Other than just which there's nothing wrong. And I remember my band director telling me like, you know, it's not enough to be just a drummer. You have to be a percussionist. You have to be a musician. You gotta learn how to read music. Um, right. You gotta learn how to be disciplined. So it kind of all came together, I would say, in high school. So I'm really thankful. It was different. You know, it wasn't as yeah. wild as I thought it was going to be. It was very regimented, like, military style. But I think that's important. Yes. Definitely. Um, got, a never... <laughs> got a lot of trouble. Got a lot of trouble. Is there any other instrument that you wish you would have learned? 
guitar. Guitar for sure. Ooh, and okay. piano. Um, I play like a tiny little bit of piano, but not enough, I think, to, to carry me. But I've written like one or two songs on piano, but I would yeah. say guitar for sure. I've seen you do the piano and uh, on um, TikTok. I think you recently posted something on the piano too, not too yeah. long ago. I, uh, I've always wanted to learn the saxophone. Yeah. I just love the sound of the saxophone, man. That would be hard. I know it would be. I don't know what it is about it, but man, I love so, the sound of the saxophone. Why are you laughing so hard? At that? I, uh, okay, so I I tried playing instruments in high school. Uh, no, sorry, it was middle school. It was sixth grade. I was in uh, I was in Florida, and the girl that I liked was in band, and so the only thing they had available was the flute. So that, oh. Oh. so I learned how to play the flute, and then I realized I was the only guy that played the flute, and I switched to the clarinet, but I can never keep my reed dry. <laughs> I'm like, this is dumb. So in high school, I uh, I did choir. I was in choir all through high school and competed and did all that stuff. Good stuff. The little things you didn't know. Yeah, I I played the flute and the clarinet. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, man. Yeah. No, not yeah, at all. Just just gonna uh, pat myself on the back for that one. That's a hard <laughs> one to admit. <laughs> Listen, I took a trumpet. I took a trumpet home one day. Uh, I asked my band director, I was like, "Hey, can I check this out? Because you can check out different instruments if you want, even if you didn't play it." And he looked at me and he goes, "Sure." Right. So I took it home, played around a little bit. I think I learned two notes, like D and like B flat or something. And I was like, yeah, I can't really hit anything or beat this. And I literally took it back the next day. I guess. Not loud enough. So did you, okay, you sing now too, but did the drums come before the singing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When did you decide, okay, I'm going to start doing vocals? Did something happen? And you're like, man, I actually got a voice. (laughs) Um, well, so, oh man, when was 2007? Um, I was playing drums for a a funk band called DC Flow. Uh, shout out to my buddy, Mike. Uh, I don't know if he's watching or not, but we're actually still uh, pretty good friends. So I was playing drums for them. It's like a funk band, like Chili Peppers, Foo Fighter-ish thing. Mm -hmm. And... I remember we were jamming one day and we were doing a cover. It was a cover of Crazy by Nalls Barkley. And I was like, man, I kind of want to like sing this, even though I can't really sing. So Mike's like, hop up here and sing. And I started singing and it kind of sounded all right. And we experimented with a couple other songs and then brought in a drummer, like a different a drummer to actually play drums. And I was like, dude, I'm going to start like rapping and singing. And at the same time, my friend had a band. It was like a pop rock band, like a Fall Out Boy kind of deal out of Fairfax called Escape the Armada. And I watched the videos. I was like, dude, I want to play drums for you guys' band because you're a little bit more poppy than what the funk band was. Um, And he was like, we already have a drummer. But he was like, he's like, you black, you should rap. And I was like, why do you assume (laughs) I can rap because I'm black? And he's like, just come over to the studio one day and like jam with us. I was like, sure. So I come over and I'm staring at the drum kit the whole time and I'm mugging the drummer. I'm like, I should be playing drum. <laughs> and uh, they were playing some riffs that were like very like Lincoln Parky, you know what I mean? Yep. And yeah. I just started freestyle rapping and everybody in the room was like, oh shit. And I was like, oh shit. 
and it clicked and immediately I joined the band and started rapping and um we got some decent notoriety man like we were getting known got the attention of believe it or not uh Lil Wayne got Young Money's attention got uh, attention from uh Roadrunner Records mm-hmm. so oh, like yeah. it was because it hadn't really been done other than Lincoln Park but imagine Lincoln Park and Fall Out Boy coming together that's literally what we were and yeah that's that's really where the the rapping and the vocals and the writing and the production actually started so some of the songs that chris sang um i helped write some of the lyrics for even though i couldn't actually sing it right so uh unfortunately things didn't work out um and then i took a break for a little bit because i was a little discouraged honestly i was kind of crushed when we broke up and um just one day I was at work and I was frustrated, pissed off. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get on Craigslist. I'm going to look for some bands and drums. I'm going to go back to playing drum. And mm-hmm. that's where I came across the year the Locust out of New York. And that absolutely changed the course. Hell yeah. So you're the Locust. Are, the, are they still around? Uh, Sort of. <laughs> um, I'm not really suited to answer that question but fair enough uh yeah <laughs> well so, i mean uh, you you eventually just decided i'm going my own direction and now you have i mean yeah you, and you and are I'll, you <laughs> yeah and i'll clarify this like i have absolutely nothing but but love for my brothers and you the locust but you know life happens things things change you know people yeah. go different directions and sometimes spend a lot of time with people you butt heads it, it happens yeah um but um yeah, I made a decision to, and at that point, towards the end, like my last year in the band, I'd already been writing and producing my own stuff. Um, got a hold of Logic Pro, started producing beats and rapping and doing all kinds of stuff like to myself. And towards the end, after our last major tour, um, I decided to leave the band. And awesome Ray Ray was going to be Awesome Ray Ray. Mm-hmm. And screw it. Yeah. Now- now there is a big there it seems like there's a theme that goes along a lot more lately with bands and touring and it's that they do a lot of this stuff independently and then they hire crew to actually go into the show is that similar for you uh yes so like obviously solo artist i don't you know i'm not a band per se right um but what i've done for the few shows that i've played so far um you know try to get my friends you know some buddies or um you know, or higher, you know, say, hey, listen, I need a DJ, I need a drummer, I need a guitarist, and then my best friend is my music director, mm-hmm. is uh, plays keys, sings, plays sax, produces, um, like, I think the only thing that he can't do is play drums, and honestly, I've heard him play a little bit, and you know, he's <laughs> okay. got it, so, um, but yeah, so it's basically just, you yeah, outsource, you know what I mean, and mm-hmm. that's what it, that's the nature of the beast when you're not in a group with, like, five other people. So that's honestly been the hardest part of going from being a drummer involved in a band to being a solo artist. Like I don't have a couple of guys. You know, hey, you're gonna do this, you're gonna do that, and if I do, I have to like pay or beg. You know what I mean? But it's, it's all good. It's all good. You've had to. I mean, I'm guessing. Do you do all your booking and everything yourself? Like you reach out to these festivals and and get on board and everything. That's all you. Yep. I mean, a, a agent or a manager booking agent would be great. Um, not quite at that level yet. Uh, growing still, so. But yeah. Um, yeah, man, I just send out emails. I network. I've been 
hitting the networking thing really, really hard lately. And I'm even going to step it up even more, just getting out, talking to people, supporting other bands, other artists. You know what I mean? And I think that's something that should be done, you know, meeting Mm -hmm. friends and going out and supporting other folks, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's literally what we have done with the show as well. You know, we've done, what is this, our fourth show together now? Um, Yeah, together, but total, I think it's uh, number eight. Yeah. And um, it's been a a wonderful experience because it's like we're meeting people, you know, we're, we're talking to them, we're telling stories with them. And it's not just, hey, your music's awesome. And then next person. Right, and, right. And it's been, I mean, we've met some, we've got some, we made some really good friends along the way. And as, as well, you know, you, I met you, social media, man. I mean, it's a love hate relationship with that. Don't tell me about it. <laughs> I yeah. hated, I absolutely hated social media before I started podcasting. But now it's like my number one source for podcasting. It's the, like, I have to be on social media. Mm-hmm. all day every day as much as i can mm-hmm. uh, but you know there there's some other benefits too um my uh instagram page is not a personal page business page and right. with their new reels thing there's there's a benefit to being on social media every yes. day it yep. helps, helps a lot i, I just yeah. started doing that for people yeah <laughs> so like yeah buddy <laughs> <laughs> So I I started out like as a photographer um, for events in Salt Lake, and then I got invited to come do some concerts, and you know just kind of grown since then. And now you know I'm friends with a lot of you know the venue owners. I just kind of pop in here and there, and I would notice that artists that would come through, like the openers or like the op- the the band or the musician that would play before the headliner, they usually don't have you know, anybody doing their media. So I would just offer and I would use my phone and I'd go and I'd make videos for them. And then I would create reels and send it to them. And so that's one thing that we started doing. And that also like helped, you know, jukebox and I get a couple people like, Hey man, we really like your stuff. Like, do you want to come on our podcast? Like I just, um, I, I was at a show, what, two nights ago, Jack Kays is on his first tour and he's 23 I, you know, very new as well. I just went down because my friends were there and, you know, talked to him about it. And he's like, he's never told a story. So it's kind of like, we just, hey, I like your stuff. Let's do some yeah. stuff. But I didn't know that Reels was a thing either. So Instagram and Facebook, I just knew about TikTok. I'm like, all mm-hmm. right, this, this is new. So, and even cool, YouTube, like, YouTube yeah. shorts yeah. Are, are a big deal now, too. So, I mean, that's I wrong. didn't know that was a thing. One of my yep, biggest, like, if, if if my stuff hits, it's typically Instagram or YouTube Shorts. Okay. Algorithm on TikTok is just for some reason not working with me. <laughs> it's it's hard out here, man. Like, it's hard out here on yeah. TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> like the most, I have a video that somewhat went viral. I guess I don't know what the actual numeric definition is. Yeah, what, but... what does viral mean? It's different for everyone. <laughs> 47,000, no, I'm sorry, 68,000 views. Um, okay. And I posted it like maybe, I posted it like a month and a half ago. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it has absolutely nothing to do with music. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely nothing to do with music. It was a, I don't know, you, you, I think you've seen it, the unicorn. Yes. Uh, penis was the penis, one. the unicorn penis. The little, the little kid <laughs> gave me a unicorn penis hat. And I was what like, a child that? gave me this. That's what um, I want to know. So I was, at, I was at a rock festival at the Blue Ridge Rock Festival this year, and I'm walking around. One of my buddies 
And this little girl had to be like, I don't know, man, 10, maybe. And she's like, you want to play a game? And I'm like, first off, this is a major music festival. Where are your parents? Right. And she's like, over here. And I was like, okay, what game? And it was Cornhole. And I was like, all right, I like Cornhole. It's my jam. Right. Like, yeah, if you get it in, you win a prize. And I'm like, all right, cool. I love kids, man. So I'm like, all right, let's entertain this. And I went and waved at mom and dad so they realized I wasn't like a creeper or whatever. So <laughs> I played, got up, you know, got in the hole, made a prize, and she came up and gave me this like tiara thing. And I didn't really know what it was at first. And I got <laughs> it in my hands and I was like, and I looked at her parents and I was like, that's a, uh, <laughs> you know it's a ah, you know male reproductive organ and she's like yeah the little girl's like put it on and i was like okay <laughs> so i put it on and i just made the video and i was like a child gave me this unicorn penis child. a child gave me this and i put it on tiktok and literally seventy thousand views later it's my most viewed video since i've been on this like, i blow up a car i blow up a damn car in my music video and unicorn dick gets 70,000 views. All right. I'm with it. I'm with so, it. I'll take a win's a win, man. Yeah. No, hey, you know, it's funny because, and I'm just going to throw a little bit of promotion here for my other show, uh, Stardum. It's S D A R D U M B. The idea behind it is the stuff that goes viral these days is the most ridiculous stuff out there. And it's true. I mean, that right there's proof of it. Yeah. I've had some hey, of my people on my page. I did not so. expect. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had one Instagram that I posted, just one of my normal clips from one of my shows. And in two hours, it hit 13K and then it just stopped. You know, it hit 13K within two and a half hours and then it was, it was done. <laughs> it's TikTok's weird, man. It's, I keep trying to figure it out, but. <laughs> well, as, as you grow, it'll grow. I mean, that's how I look at it, I guess. I mean, TikTok is ridiculous. I made like the dumbest one and I'm like, do you ever have those moments where something just hits you out of left field? And I'm like, I don't play sports. 55,000 views. I'm like, that's all I posted was literally one, ten- one sentence. And I'm like, I put, okay, man, whatever. And like no hashtags, like n- nothing. Just threw it up 50,000 views. Okay. Hashtags. Thanks, internet. Hashtags are ridiculous. Hey, <laughs> listen, I'll take what I can get, man. Yeah, I will. Here fart in a bottle if it's going to get me (laughs) i mean also too like i'm not you know just a musician you know i'm an entertainer i'm a people person so yeah yeah, entertainment is entertainment like if you come to my page and you don't like my music at all but you think unicorn dicks is funny i'm with it you know as long as you're entertained that's that's my job it's music entertainment yeah yeah and and having comedy uh, that comedy factor helps out a lot too i feel like It, it definitely helps break the ice with people makes you feel more personable you know, it's I'm a goofball, man. I, I have I have it. You ever watch <laughs> Tropic Thunder? Yeah. Tell yes. me you Yeah, I go yes. I yeah. full retard, man. I go full <laughs> retard every time. <laughs> that's that's it's yeah. <laughs> oh man. So this brings me into a question though. Yeah. It, like all so right. for instance, okay, so today I took some personal time to myself because I work like a madman all the time working all these cool mm-hmm. fun things. But like mm-hmm. what do you do for you? That, that has nothing to do with work, nothing with music. Like, what do you do for you to like ground yourself? You know, you know, get your your head right. What do you do? Honestly, listening to music helped, and okay. going to the gym, um, talking to my kids, I have okay. two daughters, um, and when I can, sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I love I love watching movies, action movies, comedy movies. Yeah. 
Um, okay. Stuff like that that helps you like decompress. But honestly, man, I've like music has been such a, a important part of me, not just performing it, but mm-hmm. like listening to it, watching. It. So it, it kind of it kind of helps as well, you know. Like yeah. if I really want to decompress, I'm gonna put on some you know random song or whatever and go there. And honestly, writing um, writing really helps a lot. I write a lot, not just music, but I'll write skits scripts for TV shows, commercials. I went to college for broadcast journalism, so TV, radio, kind of a little bit of my thing. So have, just writing do have, stuff. Do you have All interest right. in pursuing that as well, or just the music? Absolutely. I mean, I have my goal, like music is just kind of the tip of the spear, but I mean, I used to host events. Actually, I've hosted, uh, I hosted a Halloween festival last week. Um, so... I MC too, like a, a mm. all around entertainment for real. <laughs> I loved, uh, I love being the host of shows. It's, yeah. it's funny because I, I've got a lot of podcast friends that try to get me to be on their shows. I'm like, sure, but it's like, there's something about not hosting. It's not the same. I, I love having the, being able to kind of leave, keep the direction the way I want it to be rather than be on someone else's stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so let's, let's talk about some of these artists that you've met doing what you do. Cause you've done a lot of festivals. Is there any lineups that you're like, man, I can't believe I'm, I'm in this lineup. Honestly, it's like my first festival ever, which is Blue Ridge, um, last year, like un- unbelievable being able to be on stage with literally people that you like grew up listening to, like. Cypress Hill, you know, I've seen them plenty of times. I've gone to a lot of their shows when they come to the D.C. area. But when you get to, like, play before them and they're, like, right there and you can smell the weed that they're smoking and then you (laughs) maybe take a hit of the weed that they're smoking and completely lose your mind. But that's that's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother story. Um, It happened. So, (laughs) uh, but, bro, bro. Bro, did it happen? I've seen, I've, I've seen them live with sli- slightly stupid, and they both—that's all I did. Bro. But yeah, I mean, to to be able to be in an environment like that, and you're just around so many people that you've listened to before, um, mm-hmm. like Jelly Roll, huge fan of him, and got to meet him, and that's actually awesome. met him a couple times since then. Um, just it's just mind-boggling, you know. Yeah. Like there was a few moments where I just had to sit there and slap myself like man this is this is crazy i'm here i'm actually here <laughs> you know stage manager comes up like hey you ready and i'm like uh for what <laughs> to get on stage and i'm like oh shit that's right <laughs> i got <a laughs> stuff to do <laughs> yeah so i mean that's yeah it's unbelievable like i'd still pinch myself now i i'd like to counter this with a similar <laughs> question but Obviously, you don't have to say the names, but has there been artists that you did like, but then once you played with them, you're like, maybe lost a little respect for them because they just weren't the people you thought they were? Um, honestly, not not really. That's good. Yeah, not really. I mean, there's there were some people that I've met that have been a little bit more reserved and quiet than I thought they were going to be, but... um. Mm-hmm. Nobody that I could ever say that, like, through them, they were totally different Ooh. from what I thought. Mm-hmm. Sidestep this question. Are there any concerts that you've gone to where their music 
that was that you streamed or listened to is oh, yeah. better than the live performance or vice versa where their live performance was better than their music that you listen to that you stream that's it for me it was my chemical romance like they already like they sounded great on their album but seeing them live back in 2011 like blown away and they opened for blink 182 and blink 182 is not nearly as good as i thought they were going to be Right. Hey, hey, man, everybody's entitled to their opinion. <laughs> it was just that show, though. And, and I, I mean, I, maybe I just got a dud. So maybe I get a redo now that they're going on tour again. Uh, let me see. I have to really think. Because I've, I've been to a lot. Of, I mean, since literally I was 16, I've been to thousands of shows. Okay, so how about favorite favorite show today? If you had to choose one and, and that you could redo it exactly the way that it was, like going back in time. What show would it be? Nice. Oh, oh that you only get so, one. That is so hard, man. That is, <laughs> bro, bro. I've been, I've been to a bunch, man. Um, that is, that is hard. I, you're gonna have to. We might have to circle back to that, man. Yeah. I, all right. There you go. I've enjoyed so, so many. Well, while um, you're thinking about that, how about? Since we're you know we're forty minutes in and we haven't brought it up yet, you said to remind you to tell you the story about being in the mountains and you driving oh, to Utah, yeah, bro. So <laughs> I'm on tour with my old band. You're the look, right? We have a tour bus. I did a decent amount of the driving um, because I'm also a volunteer firefighter, so I've driven big vehicles before. So they're like, Ray, can we trust you driving the bus? I was like, hey, give me this. <laughs> <laughs> so. We're on tour with Starset, right? It was uh oh, wow. It was us, Grabbit, Palisades, and Starset, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember is that I love the Palisades. Yeah, yeah those Palisades, are my those yeah. are my bros. Um, so we're leaving we're leaving Utah. We're playing Salt Lake City. And I think the next show was Denver. It was yeah, it was Denver. Yeah. So snowstorm, it's February. Yeah. Um Ooh. So I already know. I already know. <laughs> I'm trying to follow Starset's bus. Well, they had two, so I'm trying to follow their bus. We're going up this dark mountain. It had to be probably the scariest three hours, four hours, five hours of my entire life. I remember seeing a sign for Ogden, but I could barely see because it was like there's nowhere to pull off. I forgot it's something passed. Later on, I did my research and found out it was like the most dangerous past in the entire state like lots of people die every year um we couldn't stop because there was nowhere to stop like there's people behind me the bus their bus just hauled ass and left me and i'm like oh i don't want to die everybody's like falling asleep on the bus i'm looking over i could see over the guardrail i don't know how many hundreds of feet that went down the side of the mountain bro when i tell you (laughs) booty hole was this tight (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I thank God that our trailer, we had a big trailer on our bus and it had a, a its own set of brakes. I thank God for those trailer brakes, bro, because there are so many times driving where I was like, I can't see, but I can't stop. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you stop, I'm going to get stuck because snow and stuff and blizzard, bro. It was it was terrifying. <laughs> like, it was absolutely terrifying. I was like, I can't. First off, I can't believe they let me do this. Second of all, there was no other way to get to Denver. Found out there there was not. So, bro, it was just the scariest thing ever. And I could feel the bus sliding. You know, I could feel it sliding a little bit. And I'm like, this is, <laughs> bro, I prayed the whole drive. It was I terrible. Ha- 
I ha- I have to say that I'm glad Google came out with Maps um, because I grew up with my grandpa being a truck driver and I got to use the actual Atlas, the World Atlas. Oh. You had to draw the your your you know your whatever your path, <laughs> and I mean that's how I grew up. So when when the phone started having them, I was like, this is this is pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's still well. It's not always accurate or like GPS signal lost. You're like, what? You got to have a lot of respect for, for artists before. So like the internet and the cell phones, like the being getting is to their level of fame and touring and all that with, without technology. Yeah. But now it's all saturated. Yeah. So this makes me feel old. Okay. But I saw a TikTok earlier. It was last Actually all about the same age. I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, I'm almost 35. So I, okay, I'm i watching this TikTok and it starts out and the girl's like, how did you buy concert tickets before the internet? And I'm like, <laughs> that's a valid question. But like, come on, yeah. man. You yeah. went to the grocery store. You went to the venue. You had to drive yourself to go buy a physical ticket. And I used <laughs> to collect those things, man. Mm-hmm. You remember you remember movie phone? Yes. <laughs> you have to call it and then you have to like listen for your for the movie you want to watch yeah, if you're not paying attention, number for the time not, i forgot if, about if you're that not attention, you gotta go all the way back around <laughs> yep. yeah i absolutely remember that uh yep so is there anything from the past that you miss that doesn't exist anymore being a musician or is there a certain technology that you like that has been just phenomenal since the digital age. Um, I don't know, man. I, I would say that I miss going to shows and cell phones weren't really a thing. You okay. Know what I mean, and I'm guilty. I'm probably more guilty than anybody now for being at a show and having my phone right there. But okay. there was, you know, a time where just, Cell phones weren't a thing. People were just enjoying it. They were just in the moment. And I remember when I used to be in that moment. And once in a while, depending on the show or the song, I get caught up. I don't even record it. I just sit there and I'm, I'm in the moment. But I, I, I miss that. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. now it's more so about it feels like there are times where people are like, you know, watch watch what I did and you weren't here. You know what I mean? Kind of yeah. kind of deal. Like it's, And I get it. You know, you get excited. I, I, I do it all the time. I get excited, like, hey, look, <laughs> there's Ice Cube right next to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right? But yeah. I don't know, man. I just, I miss a time like where we're, it was literally like you just had to hear about it. You know what I mean? Like people would mm-hmm. tell you, you didn't run Word of mouth. Yeah. So I, I kind of miss that time. Okay. Okay. I, uh, I got those, the two songs that I asked you, what, you know, were your most personable. Uh, you have a lot to talk about, so I want to play. I did some 30 second clips, maybe even less. I'm going to play okay. them and then you can kind of talk about them and kind of your inspiration behind them. Okay, let me see if I can get this to work the way I want it to. Sometimes, do uh, it. we'll see, we'll see if it works for me. Well, I'm going to make it work, but all right, let's see here. Damn technology, right? All right, here we go. 
this is gonna work. Don't be rats in this motherfucker to everyone who hates my music. It's okay, you don't have to choose. Don't be rats in this motherfucker to all the people who said no. I remain me, and that's for sure. Don't be rats in this motherfucker to all the. All right, so that's the first clip I got on you. Okay. Okay. You don't. You don't um, have to pop off. It, it'll mute you. Oh, it's all good. I was all stuck right. in batteries. So. <laughs> so, <laughs> I so, so no, no regrets, man. Um. So no regrets. Basically, it's funny because as as much as I say no regrets, there actually are regrets. Um. Okay. For, you know, experiences that I've been through, things that I've done, maybe haven't handled the right way, whatever the case may be. Um, but part of it is about just being confident. You know what I mean? Um, when I first started as Awesome Ray Ray, I send my music to a bunch of people, try to get people's opinions like, hey, what do you think? And they're like, oh, that's cool. You know, maybe you should do the rock thing or maybe you should do the rap thing. And once in a while, I still hear that. Like, hey, stick to this or stick to that. Um, but it was me kind of being confident saying I'm going to do what I feel like doing and what I want to do and what naturally comes out of me. So if you listen to the whole song, it starts out, you know, it was a rap song, you know, it's a hip hop song. Yeah. And then you notice halfway through it transitions and finishes out as a rock song. Cause right. that's kind of who I am. So part of me is saying that, um, in one of the lines, I'm like to my daughters that I love, thanks for every kiss and every hug, you know, they're, they're my motivation. You know what I mean? To just go after it. Um, and yeah, it's just a, about being confident, you know? No yeah. regrets. Just go full steam ahead. Do what you do. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. So I just, I'm going to have to push through regardless of what people say, regardless of what people think, you know, regardless of what people, how they feel about me, even personally. Also, Ray Ray aside, fuck it. No regrets. Like, right. Of course, I regret it. But, you know, at the same time, you can't dwell on that. You got to, keep pushing so it's part of what that's about yeah there, there's a lot of truth behind that and a lot of things you know when i when covid hit is when i started podcasting right and it was like i want to still talk to people I, i'm a social person i like to talk to people um mm -hmm. so i just started talking solo and then i had an art i had a guest on i'm like dude I'm, I, I'm stuck i'm doing this and um i started listening to a lot of like tips and reading things on how to start a show and and it really at first kind of kept me from just being myself. You know, I'm like, okay, I, I can't say, um, too many times, or I may got to make sure to edit my stuff. And I tried it and I'm just like, you know, it's just not natural. It didn't have that natural feel. So I just said, fuck it. And I, I went my own route and it's done a lot of big things for me. So, I mean, yeah, sometimes that's what you got to do. You got to carve your lane. I mean, I've heard a lot. Like I said, that transition from being in a band to being a solo artist is hard. And then not being just a solo artist, but one who is definitely multi across genre. Um, but I've been trying to follow other bands' roadmaps, other rappers' roadmaps. And I'm kind of starting to really come to a point where it's like, you know what? I'm pretty unique. I'm going to have to create my own app. I'm going to have to create my own path. And what I'm doing might end up being somebody else's. So if I'm oh, getting a lot incredible. of flack from people, I'm getting a lot of negative this or a lot of whatever. It's not just haters or what people say, but people tend to fear and dislike what they don't really understand. Or maybe mm -hmm. the fact that they can't do that. You know, they yeah. wish they could rap on top of this, on top of this. You know what I'm saying? Some trap 808s with a fiddle. 
whatever, right. you know, looking like this. So, but it could be that I got to blaze my own path. So I respect yeah. that because I can say the same, like I, I normally have very colorful hair. I just <laughs> recently switched that up and, you know, I started with TikTok again, talking to myself. That's how we synced up. Mm. And I mostly would just talk about whatever. And then when I started doing this uh, with Jukebox, like everything changed because I've I've been in the music industry for a while, but taking pictures or helping venues set up and, and tear down or, you know, friends of mine and bands that are coming through and like learning how that goes. And then just like meeting people and seeing how things are and like, whoa, nobody's ever done what I do either. And there is no guidelines. So it's just like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. Here we are. Uh, I'm not above going to a show and helping a band load out, even if I'm not on the bill. Same, right. yeah. I mean, it is, it is what it is. I understand what they're going through and the struggle. If I can mm-hmm. help out, I'm gonna help out. Yeah. When when I hear the word regret, I always think of the movie Where the Millers, and it's like not even a single letter. No, re- no but regrets. Also, I think I think the goal in life is to like <laughs> to not have regrets, but it's possible that things are gonna happen. So, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, go into something with confidence and and hope that you're making the right choice and that you're going to be satisfied with it mm-hmm. uh the goal is to not have regrets but they do happen i i could admit yeah. that yeah, yeah i love that is there is there a time when you were live and um maybe there were sound issues or something was messing up or the weather was shitty and you just kind of had to change the direction of it to make it interesting like to keep the the morale going rather than just the music yes um not necessarily with awesome ray ray but with some of the other bands and projects i've been in before mm-hmm. absolutely um but you just you keep going you know mm-hmm. yeah. especially a live show people come to be entertained so right. you know they can listen to your music anytime they want but what are you going to do that's really going to captivate them entertain themselves so sometimes mm-hmm. things go wrong the music drops out whatever you you got to keep it pushing yeah yep well let's uh Let's get into this next song here. Um, let's see if I can get this one to load. It's going to load. Sweet. Uh, here we go. 345 in the morning. Heart racing fast, no yawning. Looking at the circles in the ceiling. Trying to describe this feeling. Man, normally I am the cool one. Maybe I should go for a cool run. Brain telling myself you're a full son. Reach for the tool, no good, bruh. Dancing around this stick. But they say brain's a real go-getter. But lately I am not. Go figure. Circumstance could be a real killer. Please don't judge me. Boy, yes, I do. So therapy. Um, <laughs> Uh, when I, to get real yeah because when i first <laughs> actually this is the first song that I, I listened to you know a lot of your tiktok stuff uh i think on the run was the first one i heard and then it was therapy so i've actually i watched on the run like two or three times uh i'll also ball like balls of the wall action through the whole thing it's awesome um but therapy <laughs> yeah, I, wrote that. I, I wrote I'm that actually, whole <laughs> it's it's good that whole setup was really good um and i encourage you guys to go check out the on the run and, and actually all of his music um do it therapy i appreciate that therapy and i appreciate I, I, everybody that helped out with that by the way if they're watching yeah. i don't want to make it seem like i'm a freaking narcissistic selfish no asshole. if you want to get i'm some thankful sh- for some every single person that played a part in that video coming together from the camera guys to the actress stephanie knight who is guest starring in a few movies on the hallmark hallmark channel this this winter so shout out to stephanie right. and rigo abezzo um who played the the sheriff's deputy um 
that guy's awesome and everybody has helped out with that. So yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. I, like I said, (laughs) give, give him shout outs, man. I I don't want to lose or not give respect where it's earned. So uh, thank you for putting that in there Um, for therapy. uh, I've listened to it and I I would actually say that I would pause it and rewind it sometimes just to kind of hear the vocals. You know, I wasn't just the, the lyrics have a lot of meaning to it. Yeah. So, so what's, what kind of inspiration? Yeah. I want to hear what the inspiration is. Um, so therapy, I would say arguably, well, not arguably, no, I can say that that is the realest song and representation of, um, mental health that, uh, that I've been through and honestly still go through. Um, 2020 was a rough year for everybody. Um, It just was a year that I don't think anybody could see coming. Um, And it wasn't just COVID. Um, It was a lot of really traumatic things that happened right back to back in my life at that time. Um, Like my dad unexpectedly passed away out of nowhere. Um, That was supposed to be the year that Awesome River was supposed to be like, boom, hey, world, I'm here. Didn't happen. so I went through a lot of traumatic experiences and was in a really, really dark place mentally and straight up, you know, as a man, and as a black man, we don't address mental health enough. You know, honestly, we were kind of raised it as those white people problems, you know what I mean? So it's suicide, depression, it's white people problem. Yeah, newsflash, it's everybody's problem. Um, and just having all that stuff happen at, got to a really bad place where honestly, I didn't want to be here anymore. Um, and I went and talked to some folks and got some help and uh, talked to some very, very close and important people in my life. And they were like, you know, write about it. And I was like, okay, I'll write about it, but I don't want anybody to hear it. I don't want anybody to know that I struggle with that. You know, I'm this extroverted, happy-go-lucky, outgoing. I'm also Ray Ray, baby. I ain't got no problems. I don't get sad or depressed. The world can't know that. Well, the world needed to, or people needed to. Um, so I wrote it out, got really deep. I'm sure you read the disclaimer at the beginning of the video. Yes, yep. Um, yeah, that's basically what it was. And uh, after I released it, I actually had a few people that I didn't even expect, people I've known for years that reached out to me like, hey, I've been going through X, Y, and Z, you know, thank you. And honestly, I, I hope that it does help. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that song, just 100% real. I don't think I could get any more real than that. Um, There's... And it's, it's, I'm vulnerable, you know. That's, that's when I was extremely vulnerable and not just opened up but it was necessary and it's continuing. I mean, parts of that song I'd still go through, you know, I yeah. had some high highs last year and then this year's some really low lows. So it's, it's a constant thing and people need to talk, you know, talk about it in whatever way you can, whether it be your friends, family members, you know, if you're a religious person, you're whatever you believe in a therapist, doctor, fucking talk, man. Cause mm-hmm. when you're left alone with your thoughts and, things get bad, you might not make it. So, talk. There's so much truth to that and, and shedding light on the subject. And especially, and it's yes, it's everybody, but men, I feel like, have that 
mental like standard of I can't talk about this. Like I'm a man, and <laughs> and I feel like no, we all we all have issues, and, and you know you gotta you have to cry sometimes. You gotta you gotta talk to people. You know, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for for doing that, and yeah. thank you for surviving 100 percent of your worst of moments. You know, so you could show up today. You know, for yourself and for your kids and and for us and right. for talking absolutely. about it. You know, that's why I love music and that's why I wanted to be a part of the music stuff. And, and this is a way that we can be a part of it, too, and, and help sharing people's stories is, mm-hmm. you know, what, in, you know, finding out your inspiration, your story, things like that. But oftentimes we are kind of discovering it's kind of the same thing, like music saved my life. Right. Like that's why I have music, like all this stuff on my wrists and all the music notes on my on my arm. You know, it's <laughs> same, like same and I've got it, yeah, I've got it in my daughter's handwriting to all the music notes down down my arm is because I feel like to get through the monotonous moments of life, like the moment I wake up to me going to sleep, I'm listening to music and people be like, Oh, you have a problem. Like, no, like I get inspiration, motivation. I, I heal music helps me to cry. Music helps me to let my anger out. Music helps me to feel joy and happiness when I have, uh, you know, when I'm struggling trying to feel those emotions on my own. And so Music really is a drug for medicine to help people uh, through things. And that's what I love and I appreciate. So thank you for sharing your talent and your art with the world and, and your story with us today. I, really, I truly appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely, man. Thank, thank you guys a lot. And, um, you know, I know we're running low on time, but yeah. honestly, a big part of not just Austin Ray Ray, but Ray Sean, who I am, um, I like making people happy. I like entertaining people. And honestly, I like distracting people from whatever it is that they go through. And one of my biggest motivations as as a musician and as a recording artist is I know how I feel when I'm going through crap and I'm pissed off at work, I'm stressed out in life, whatever the case may be. And I listen to a song or I watch a music video or I'm watching an artist or a band on stage. And for that time period, I am not thinking about all the other crap that I'm going through. And something that I honestly want to do is I want to give that to people um, when I'm on stage or when they're listening to my music, you know, for whatever time period it is, I don't want them thinking about their divorce or their money problems or whatever the case may be. I want them to be distracted from that because we need that. I want mm-hmm. them to feel healing or whatever, they, whatever it possibly is for that time. period, And that, that just, that's, you know, a big part of, I think too, that's why I decided to release therapy. Cause honestly, I wasn't going to release the song. I, I actually fought, you know, I fought, I was like, no, nope, not doing it. <laughs> nope. It's embarrassing. Nope. But it's important. And it's, it's already helped a few people, maybe even more people than I know. But I think part of being an entertainer and a musician, that's also what it's about. You know, it ain't just about, oh, I want to get rich and famous and everybody know my name. I mean, honestly, who, who doesn't, doesn't yeah, want that? Well, but, yeah. The reality, too, is it's also like, I think one of the best ways that I could give back and put some good into this world is when I'm on that stage holding a microphone or I'm on a podcast kind of making an ass out of myself. <laughs> For this time period, somebody's not thinking about maybe what they have to deal with at 8.30 in the morning tomorrow or whatever. Right. You know, you can you can hear it in your voice, the, the passion you have behind that, though. When you talk about it, you can, you can feel it. like it's there so it's not like people know you're being honest when you say it (laughs) thank you man yeah no for sure (laughs) 
Maybe um, too hey, passionate at times. If that's nah, dude, it's no, nah, no, no such thing. Not, not at all. <laughs> so, so what do you have? Do you have anything big coming up before we get out of here, or anything that people can be looking forward to? Um, <laughs> I can't really talk about it right now. So, so yes, we're gonna take that apparently yes. The answer, <laughs> I mean, the all right, so let me, That's all we need to know. Let me rephrase this. There's always something, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. this is my dream, yeah. and I'm actively pursuing it and i'm encouraging others to follow theirs like i have a tattooed on my arm follow your dreams mm-hmm. and you notice that under follow your dreams there's a hollywood sign. i see that um that's all i'm gonna that's all i'm gonna say but um <laughs> yeah i mean of course there's gonna be music and and other things uh coming up good um and uh you know everybody watching listening thanks for tuning in thank you guys for having me yeah. please go and stream last desperado by Austin Ray Ray featuring the amazing William Baker. Please go and stream that song. Um, believe it or not, it is my highest stream song already until I've been out for a month. And On the Run has been out for almost three years. So uh, yeah. something's hitting right. So yeah, shout man, out to Will. Excellent. That's excellent. So shout out to oh. Eargasm Earplugs, too, by the way. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, Eargasm Earplugs for nice. protecting my hearing. And salute to cymbals, <laughs> drum cymbals, drum gear on drumgearonline.com. Yeah, I had to plug it. Send me uh, any information that you want me to throw in the description. And, yeah, and for sure. Really so send me some it. links. We'll put it on in the episode. So, absolutely. And shout out to Blue Ridge Rock Festival because uh, without them, probably wouldn't be on this uh, amazing <laughs> podcast. So definitely uh, thankful for everybody in the camp and fans, friends, family, everybody. Appreciate y'all. That's awesome, man. Hey, we're gonna end this, but stick around for a second. We can chat for a moment before we all get out all of here. Right. Uh, and thank you everybody for listening. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah. Jesse, thank you for pulling over at least. <laughs> I made it. <laughs> and until right next on time. <laughs> until next <laughs> week, guys. Thanks for listening in. Have a good night, guys.